I've done maybe two entries, maybe a couple of entries regarding uh, Adam Sandler movies. But I just thought, you know, I've done a couple of like tribute entries talking about, you know, different uh, actors, wrestlers, action stars. I know I did one for Steve Austin. I did one for Hulk Hogan. I did one for G.J. Yannin. And I was just like, you know what? Like Adam Sandler has such a unique kind of movie history, you know, like he's got this real background with having these different stories that are in some way, shape or form correlated to him. And I just thought maybe talking about just that history, just going through all of these things, all the way from uh, like Billy Madison, which, by the way, isn't his first film, but all the way to his most recent film, Hustle. Now, for those who don't know, yes, Billy Madison is actually not his first feature film. His first feature film was a film called Going Overboard in 1989. He was in that actually before he was even on Saturday Night Live. Once he got on Saturday Night Live, he gets this, you know, break between films. And then his next film isn't until Billy Madison. But that's when everybody kind of knows who he is, which is also just his first full full fed starring role. Like he's also did a bunch of um, cameos in films like Coneheads. And then he also had a um, a part in the movie uh, Airheads with Steve Buscemi and Brendan Fraser. Uh, but that's like not a film about him. Like the first film that's just him, his feature film where he stars in is Billy Madison, 1995. Now, when you look at that film and you look at the few other films that are happening around that time, around the late 90s, he's doing Billy Madison. He's doing Happy Gilmore. He's starring in uh, Bulletproof with Damon Wayans. He goes and he does The Waterboy. He goes and he does The Wedding Singer. He does all of these awesome movies all because, you know, he's Adam Sandler and everybody knows that he's this comedian and he does all these characters and these voices. And these are all fantastic films. You know, you're talking about real early early stages um Adam Sandler. Now, let's get to 1999. In 1999 is when Happy Madison Productions is created. That's when Adam Sandler decides he knows that he's a name that everybody wants. He knows that he's going to be able to sell just about anything, but he's also a good writer and he wants to start doing his own thing. It's almost like the story of um, Tommy Wiseau and the room, except it's actually good. So he creates happy Madison because he's like, fuck anybody who doesn't want me to do my thing. I'm going to do this and do it all by myself, essentially, or have this company where I get to do what I want to do. And Nobody can tell me otherwise. So the first film that goes under the Happy Madison Productions banner is kind of funny. It's actually Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo in 1999, which is really funny to think about. Like, I thought, I don't even remember if it was 100% um, Little Nicky or not, because I can't remember if Little Nicky actually had the Happy Madison production backing it up. I thought it was just the next Adam Sandler movie. But then again, I thought maybe even The Waterboy was under Happy Madison. It's not. The first actual Happy Madison film is Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, which Adam Sandler doesn't even star in. That's him 
giving Rob Schneider the main role. And I don't even know if he plays a cameo in it off the top of my head. I don't think he does. But now you're talking about this is the first film this production company makes. And it like quadruples its budget. It had like a like a $15 million budget. And it did almost $100 million because Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo is a great film. Then he goes and he does Little Nicky. Now, Little Nicky might underperform, but it's an Adam Sandler movie. And when you go to an Adam Sandler movie, you don't expect too much. And then when you really look at the 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 balance ticket for Adam Sandler movies, he makes a lot that make tons of money, and then he makes some that fall short. But he can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, take Eight Crazy Nights, which is also done under Happy Madison. That comes out in 2002. Eight Crazy Nights is a fully animated feature. It was back when we were still, you know, getting Adam Sandler music and he was doing his own thing. And, you know, that was when people, like, were still kind of making fun of the fact that, like, Adam Sandler is just a quirky music writer and he just did this Jewish Christmas movie. And that film cost like $35 million, but it only did, I think, like 20 Like, could you imagine that? Like, there's a lot of people who praise Eight Crazy Nights. And now, just, just to give you some perspective on that, The Master of Disguise is also a film that came out that year under the Happy Madison production label with, um, what's this guy's name who did all the in- impersonations on it? Data Carvey. Master of Disguise, Dana Carvey, 2002. That cost $15 million to make, and it did, like, $45 million. So go figure that Master, Master of Disguise, which a lot of people actually don't like. It's not rated all that well, but it made more money for Happy Madison Productions than Eight Crazy Nights. And this is also the same year where Mr. Deeds came out. And you know that Mr. Deed tripled its budget. And then there was also... Um, I think Anger Management is that same year, or Anger Management might be 2003, and that's when he really started, like, getting major people in on a lot of his movies. Like, you're talking Anger Management is him, and it's the man himself, Jack Nicholson. We're talking, like, three, four-time Academy Award winner in this movie with Adam Sandler. It triples its budget, whatever it paid for it, and it goes on to be what a lot of Adam Sandler comedy is really about. It's just really quirky and it's really unique. And that really is what kind of set its stone in how Adam Sandler doesn't always have to be a character. You know, even in Mr. Deeds, you can kind of go on the line of whether or not he's a character. But in Anger Management, he's not. He's a regular dude. And it all works out. Now jump again a year or two later with 50, uh, 51st Dates fantastic story fantastic story 51st dates is probably one of the biggest successes that ever came out of happy madison from anything i could find on it and it's also the second time that we see drew barrymore and adam sandler together again they have such really good on-screen chemistry and 51st dates is just this great story and if we're talking to people that are listening that have never even thought about the adam sandler history or you've never seen 51st dates Go back and watch that. It's this love story about this man who works in an aquarium and he meets this woman who has this really severe case of memory loss where she can't remember anything new. 
and she relives the same day over and over again. And that's what Fifty First States comes from, is that he falls in love with her, but she doesn't remember him. So she has he has to like make her fall in love with him every day over and over again. So it's kind of like the first date every day in a row. It's just a great story. It's a great concept. And again, one of the most successful films Happy Madison really does at that point, that's just Adam Sandler. You know, like, yeah, he's got Drew Barrymore. And at that point, Drew Barrymore is just as hot as ever. You know, she's doing just about everything and nailing almost everything. But you're talking, it also had Dan Aykroyd, Sean Astin. It had a great cast in Fifty First States. Now, mind you, I think that's the same year that, like, Dickie Roberts came out, which was him trying to, like, give David Spade a movie. And I'm a fan of it. I know a lot of people aren't. It's not the greatest story, but it is unique, and that's what Happy Madison is all about. Happy Madison is all about, we we are the one company, we do all the writing, we do all the production, and we're going to make movies that we want to make. The same way, like, two years later, 2006, 2007, you get Grandma's Boy. Grandma's Boy, to me, is probably one of the best films of that year, and probably for a couple of years after that, not just for Happy Madison, but just like in general, Grandma's Boy is a really, really fun film and it's just very unique and the storyline is so out there. It really does scream that this is an Adam Sandler story. And mind you, it's not. it has nothing to do with Adam Sandler. He's not anywhere in the film, ever, ever. There's no cameos or nothing. So this is him giving them a shot, you know? Now again, we're talking that by this time... 1999 all the way up to 2006. They have maybe a dozen films under their belt, and they're still doing what they want. They get Click, they get the sequel to Deuce Bigelow, they get the remake to The Longest Yard. It It's hitting and missing depending on who you talk to. You know, success, missed opportunity. You know, even just talking about Click. Click is him as a, as a character who's married to Kate Beckinsale, and then it's also got Christopher Walken. Like, that's a crazy lineup for Adam Sandler to be in there with. You know what I'm saying? Just in my mind, by itself. Thinking about that combination is just crazy to think that it ever happened, but it did. And to a lot of people, it's a suck film. To the budget, I think it was hugely successful, if I read correctly. But to me, I also like Click. I like the idea behind Click. Click is very much, to me what a reboot of Stay Tuned is. And I think I've done an entry for Stay Tuned, but they're very similar. It's all about, you know, television and remote controls and having them control things and control your life. And very very similar, vastly different stories, but similar with their premises and whatnot. Now, let's hop into 2007. So again, we're we're talking seven, eight years after its conception. 2007 is very unique because it sees them do I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, which stars Adam Sandler as a comedy uh, alongside um, Kevin James. And they play firefighters who one of them is at risk of losing health insurance so his kids won't be covered. And the only way to get it is so to have a spouse. Now, since his wife died, he doesn't feel comfortable remarrying. So he wants to marry his best friend. So they go through this fake gay marriage. And this is back in 2007. So probably not very much for this crowd. But when it's made back then, 
it really does announce a lot when it comes to like the LGD, the LGBTQ community, the 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 hardships, the just a lot of kind of stereotypes, but shining a light on them and kind of making fun of it, but in a tasteful way where it's understanding itself and shining a light on it so you can see like this this is what's happening and it's not okay and we're showing you through comedy. I love I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. But moving on to the other film of that year, a more serious role, probably the first full-fledged drama that Happy Madison Productions does is Rain Over Me. It stars Adam Sandler and it stars Don Cheadle. It's also got a bunch of other people in it because, of course, this is a huge deal. It's about the character Adam Sandler being the spouse of someone who died in 9-11. And him dealing with kind of the aftermath and not being really stable. And then he meets Don Cheadle's character who kind of befriends him and wants him to kind kind of help him in a way. But Adam Sandler's already kind of Adam Sandler's character is already sort of too far gone, and it's real difficult for him to kind of get over what he's gone through. So two polar opposite movies, and do you want to know what the more successful one was? It's Chuck and Larry. Chuck and Larry doubled its budget when Rain Over Me. I think the thing I saw it said it did like twenty million, but then it only made like twenty two million. And Rain Over Me is a really good film. Rain Over Me is definitely where. Adam Sandler spreads his wings a little bit and shows he's not just here for comedy. He wants to be sort of taken seriously and sort of have this serious role portray that. Now, mind you, the very next year, he does Don't Mess With The Zohan, which to me is one of my favorite movies of all time. I I could watch Don't Mess With The Zohan no matter what. It pops on, I'll watch it all the time. So he goes back to his roots with that. He does bedtime stories. He's also got um, Happy Madison Productions starting the Paul Blart series. And then they have other random films that don't necessarily matter. Uh, but then you jump forward to 2010. Now we're at 11 years that Happy Madison's in production. And he comes out with Grown Ups. It's the only film of 2010. Again, not the biggest hit to a lot of people. Whether or not it was successful, it's not the biggest hit. But to me, I find appreciation in that film. Simply because I am sort of those people. It's a story about five best friends who get together for the first time after many years. They've all led different lives. And they're all just kind of coming back and being friends again. They're being this like kind of brother group. And I have friends that are like that. I have dudes that are really close with me that I will never not be able to live without. So seeing that kind of story and how they portray it, it makes me think about my relationship with the people that I have close to myself and all those guys and how much I love them and want to want to always make sure that I keep them close to me, which is the, the sort of underlining story of that movie. Grown Ups to me is great. And then two years later, they come out with the Grown Ups sequel. And I want more, but I do know that tragically, one of the... One of the actors who plays one of Adam Sandler's son 
passed away not long after Grown Ups 2 was released. I think he passed away in like 2016 or something. And because of that, they have gone on record stating they're not going to do any Grown Up movies uh, anymore to kind of pay homage to uh, that person. I don't remember the the boy's uh, name, but, you know, that's unfortunate, but I do understand. And I also think it's a really nice kind of way of, you know, paying tribute to those who take chances and those who Happy Madison and Adam Sandler give chances. Because now when you go into the next couple of years, he's still sort of doing that and he was always that same guy who was bringing in his friends everybody that he knows or grew up with always has a role in the movie whether it's a small cameo you only see them for three seconds or whether they're main main characters in some way shape or form he gives everybody roles in his movies you will always see the same group of people in his movies no matter what now you move forward a little bit more you have a lot of things that not many people consider to be great films, but you know, they're they're they have their following almost. Like I know a lot of people don't like Jack and Jill. I didn't even give it a chance until maybe a year ago. It's not that bad. It's actually really entertaining. I think what really saves it is the fact that he got Al Pacino to get involved in it where he just calls him popcorn for the whole movie and it's just really funny <laughs> so that's why I like Jack and Jill um, then there's uh, Just Go With It which is I think his first film with uh, Jennifer Aniston which again is just kind of this weird story of he's he gets dumped by the girl he thought he loved when he's really young like she dumps him breaks his heart he can't take off the ring and then for some reason people see him with the ring on and he turns it into this story about how he picks up chicks by talking about his wife who doesn't exist, sort of. And that's how he just kind of becomes this, like, man whore. And then he tries to convince his um, secretary, attendant. He works in, like, a dentist's office. And he convinces his secretary, who's played by Jennifer Aniston, to kind of go along with being his really evil <laughs> ex-wife. And try to fall for this girl he actually doesn't want to fuck over in a way very weird story but that's all happy madison is all happy madison is weird stories think about this next one blended blended is a movie i didn't watch until much later on and it's another reuniting of adam sandler and drew barrymore so now mind you they have three films together all 10 years apart from each other 1994 or 1995 is wedding singer then 2004 is 50 First Dates, and now here is Blended, which sees them at opposites. Like, his wife dies, and he's got kids. And then her husband is an asshole. She divorced him, and she's got kids. He's got three girls. She's got two boys. He's trying to, like, be single dad while she's trying to be single mom. And they get into this kind of situation where they get a free trip to Africa. And in that free trip they kind of bond and actually fall in love with each other. And that's what the term blended comes from. And it's a lot of fun. I thought it was a really great kind of homage to what he, him and Drew Barrymore can do on screen. Now that's sometime around 2014. Then we go into 2015 and he makes this huge deal with Netflix where 
not only is it still going to be produced under Happy Madison, but it's going to go straight to Netflix. I think he makes like this six or eight movie deal. And here's the movies that start coming out. The Ridiculous Six, which is meant to be this joke on The Magnificent Seven, which also came out around that time. Magnificent Seven is a great film, especially the remake. And Ridiculous Six is a lot of fun. Definitely not like top-notch Adam Sandler, but a lot of fun Adam Sandler. Then you got The Do-Over, which sees him and David Spade team up again. That's a really fun one. Then you have Sandy Wexler. That's a really good storyline because it's actually based on an agent that Adam Sandler knows. I think it's actually his agent, if I remember correctly. And it's got Jennifer Hudson in it, and she's, like, killing all the music she's doing. And it's just about this agent who discovers talent, and uh, she's a great talent. And, yeah, so it's got Sandy Wexler. So you got Ridiculous Six, Do-Over, Sandy Wexler, that's three. The third one is The Week Of, which sees him and Chris Rock playing these fathers the week before uh, his... um, um, their, 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 their children get married. They're getting married together. So it's Chris Farley's family. I believe it's Chris Farley's daughter and Adam Sandler's son. They're getting married. So they're kind of putting together these two families and, you know, hilarity ensues always. Then you have murder mystery, which is five, uh, Hubie Halloween, uh, pretty recently, two years ago, which is a lot of fun. That's kind of like his sort of homage to, the the funny noise, the funny voices he used to do back in the day, like this, it's kind of like a mixture of, uh, Billy Madison in the tub, and then the 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 Water Boy mixed together with a little bit of Little Nicky, and that's Hubie from Hubie Halloween. That's a really fun one. It's a really cute little family Halloween movie that I loved back then. I think that's one of the ones I've done um, an actual set separate entry on. Now. That's the six films, and I think he still has deals because he just released another one this year, which to me is a huge deal. Now, again, this was kind of originally about Adam Sandler, but when you talk Adam Sandler, you're also talking Happy Madison. And Happy Madison has been involved in all of these films, as well as them doing, you know, the Paul Blarts, the Joe Dirts, um, there's Pixels, which a lot of people didn't like, I wasn't a huge fan of it at first, but then I think I watched it again and I actually found a little appreciation for it. I like the concept. Not fully the execution, but it's fun. I, I thought it was fun. Um, but now this year he has Hustle. And Hustle, I think, is probably the first time he actually does a movie that is suited to what he really loves. And he really loves basketball. Anytime you see Adam Sandler in most movies, he plays basketball at some point in time, and he's always seen playing basketball, he's always wearing basketball shorts, he loves basketball. So this movie, this very tense storyline in Hustle is just such a great way of him kind of bringing his love for something outside of movies and comedy and even drama, and just making a story about what it would be like, sort of if he himself was like this basketball agent for the NBA. It's really, really fun. Now, that's all just what's under Happy Madison. And again, you got serious roles there. But while he's doing things for Happy Madison, he's still doing things on his own. You know, like Happy Madison comes out in 99. That same year, he does Big Daddy. Big Daddy's one of, like, 
one of the top-notch films for him because that really put like a more serious tone on anything he was doing you know before that he had all these comedies he had these rom-coms you know big daddy isn't necessarily a rom-com that's more of like this fatherly love type thing then you have other films moving forward like uh punch drunk love and funny well no not funny people actually i think funny people is on billy madison as well what's not on billy madison uh not billy madison happy madison What's not on Happy Madison that's outside that is very widely popular for him? I think the Hotel Transylvania series that he does the voices that he does voices for, that's not a hundred percent Billy Madison. I don't think it's Billy Madison at all, actually. So you got those. You have um, Uncut Gems. I think Uncut Gems is Netflix, but it's not um, Happy Madison. No, Uncut Gems went straight to theaters. Yes, Uncut, Uncut Gems went straight to theaters. And that's three years three years old, still holds up to me. Uncut Gems is just this wild story. And what a wild concept, too. And f- tremendous movie. What a tremendous role for him to kind of get back into that sort of serious light and not, you know, get a chance for people to really say, you know, oh... Don't take me for a, a guy who can't do a serious role. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what else is not Billy Madison? Not Billy, Happy Madison. The name of the company is Happy Madison. Get it through your head. So what else does he do? At, before Uncut Gems, he's got all these films that aren't... I don't believe The Cobbler. Yeah, The Cobbler. I didn't see that on the list. So I believe The Cobbler... Let me look that up really quick. Cobbler, Cobbler, Cobbler. I don't believe The Cobbler is a happy madison no cobbler's not happy madison but a fun story i sort of remember that a little bit it's him method man what's what's the premises what's the premise what's the premise what's the premise mccarthy film was much uh on new york's lower east side in 1903 a group of jewish men gather in a cobbler shop to discuss a neighborhood problem Gergerman has been threatening their businesses, harassing them and their families, handing a pair of Gergerman shoes to the cobbler, Pinkman Sigmund, Pink Pinchas Simkin. He takes them to the shop basement and uses a special stitching machine on the shoes. His young son Herschel enters and he explains how important the machine is. Okay, so this is like a, a magic shoemaker kind of thing. Oh yeah, Dustin Hoffman. There was a lot of people in this. I do remember this now a little bit. I saw this year, okay, 2014, yeah, I think I saw this the year it came out, but I didn't remember it all that well. And that's that's funny, I thought that might have been in Happy Madison, but it's not. Oh, Spanglish, Spanglish is another one that's not Happy Madison. Pauly Shore is dead, I forgot he was in Pauly Shore is dead. But he's like, Pauly Shore is dead is like a, um, a fucking, um, it's like a fake documentary, because Pauly Shore was like, faking his death and like they were documenting it it's very weird very weird uh oh punch drunk love punch drunk love is another one that's not happy madison interesting all right all right so there isn't much that isn't happy madison but the few things there are are definitely standouts to me at least so what he's got coming up now for all i know is that there's a sequel to murder mystery which is a Netflix film, and it was super fun, him and Jennifer Aniston again. That's a super fun film. 
Um, that's got a sequel coming out, and I haven't heard anything else really. But, you know, when you talk Adam Sandler, you talk about a guy who, yeah, maybe he can be typecasted. Maybe there are certain things out there that Adam Sandler might not do all that well. But I don't think Adam Sandler will ever be somebody who, A, won't be able to nail just about anything he does. B, not be doing everything he wants to do for himself and doing it way before anybody else. You know, I've made jokes about how Nicolas Cage can kind of do whatever the... He's doing films that are just kind of like, I'm Nicolas Cage. I can do whatever I want. Adam Sandler's been doing that for over 20 years, so... Being able to kind of call that out and say like, hey, you know, you wrote a script. Let me read it. Oh, can I play this guy? Okay, we're going to make this movie now. You know, and that's just that's just a lot of that's just a lot of don't give a fuck energy. And there's very few people in in show business in Hollywood that really have that. And he's a an awesome person from everything that you see him do. And I just hope him. I hope that he just keeps going. I hope he keeps making these tremendous films, regardless of anything that, you know, anybody else might think. I don't know what what would my number number one Adam Sandler not so good movie would be. Off the top of my head, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I don't think there's one Adam Sandler film I don't not like, which is a double negative. I love just about everything. Maybe maybe Spanglish. Maybe I haven't watched Spanglish enough, but I don't remember disliking Spanglish. No, no, I can't think of one Adam Sandler movie. Maybe Funny People. Funny People is a movie that kind of caught me off guard. I thought it was actually going to be about comedians, but it's kind of a more serious undertone to that idea. Plus, it's really young um, Seth Rogen. It's really young um, Jonah Hill. You know, there's a lot of people in that because it's like 2008, 2009. Maybe I should watch that again and just get a better feel for it. Maybe Funny People. Maybe Funny People is probably the bottom of the barrel for me for Adam Sandler movies. But, like, that's literally, like, if that's, like, so let's say that's number two, everything else is number one. In my opinion, just about everything else is number one because I can't put anything else in any sort of order. So it literally goes the bottom one, funny people, the top one, everything else. And it's just those two categories for me. And it's going to be like that, you know, for as long as he keeps making movies and for as long as I return to these films and find them enjoyable. You know, sometimes I'll just put Little Nicky on for no reason. For no reason. I'll just watch it because why the hell not? Grandma's Boy... Grandma's Boy was a staple in the first apartment I had with a couple of roommates. We were we were all in a band, and we would do nothing but watch Grandma's Boy, Metalocalypse, and play an Xbox that a buddy of mine modded to get, like, all the old, like, Super Nintendo games, and that's all we did. And also, they all played, like, Guitar Hero and went nuts with that, but I was not big into Guitar, guitar, guitar Hero, but that was that kind of decade, that generation. But gra- Grandma's Boy grown-ups like this huge list of just films that you can watch over and over again and not get bored of and him being able to say that he does that he does a film a year he's in at least a minimum one film a year some years anywhere from two to i think five is the most he's in 
I think it's like 2013. He does Jack and Jill. Just go with it. Grown Ups. No, Grown Ups is 2010. I, there's at least anywhere from one to three or four films he's doing every year. And he hasn't missed a year. He's the most consistent actor there is. And he produces half of them. He owns a company that produces half of them. Almost all of them. And that's just this real big amount of energy that, like, very few people have. And I think he should be praised for it. And that's that's essentially what I'm talking about. And I've talked about Adam Sandler now for almost a half hour. And, you know, I, I ain't complaining about it.